This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Are you tired of having so many band members? There's too many of you! Is it embarrassing having strangers stare while you try to fit all those band members into the van? Cram them in there! We gotta hit Poughkeepsie by two! Try Jimmy Craig. Hey, I'm Jimmy Craig. I hope you lose all that dead weight playing in your band. Who needs a lead singer? Just pour some bells in an unloaded dryer. Drummer hogging all the groupies. Tie a raccoon to two paint buckets. Who needs a band? You already have the CD. May I make a suggestion? Boombox! You cut 600 pounds of excess band weight. Say fuck you to the people who helped you write, record, and tour for years. And say fuck me to a residual check now split only one way. Jimmy Craig, fuck you. Who needs you? Fuck me. Fuck you. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's, uh, it's I, your host, Petter Speich. I am always joined by Brandon Hahn. You and all of your friends can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And Jocelyn Sharp. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. Fuck me, fuck you. Fuck me, fuck you. <laughs> 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 and guys, you can follow me at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, we got a legend, an icon, a bucket list interview for us. D. Snyder, we're talking about his amazing new record, For the Love of Metal, which is out right now, guys. I'm excited to even play the two tracks so you guys can hear it because this record is just, it's just, mm, that's such a so coincidence. Good. That's such a coincidence because I want to rock. <gasps> Do you? Mm, rock. Do you? I want to rock. <laughs> <laughs> but before that interview, guys, as always, we'd love to talk about the Metal Sucks news. One story that got us all, uh, you know, thinking, because we like studies here mm. at the Metal Sucks podcast. We love studies. We're yeah. very smart people. Right here yeah. at the uh, Metal Sucks studios, it's just nothing but pie charts and bar graphs. Yeah. It's, all around uh, us. Yeah. yeah. That's it. It's just analytics. And, uh, and every one of the studies that we like are biased. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like most of them out there, I guess. But this one, uh, done by the O2 Arena, study says, frequent concert attendance can increase your lifespan. Meaning if you guys go to concerts more often, nine years, extra life. I'm going to live as long as Dumbledore. Yeah, wait a minute Forever. You mean to tell me the owners of of an arena that usually has live music, they paid for a study... They commissioned this study. Okay. I mean, commissioned, so, does that mean paid? Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Learning so much. Don't you dare edit that yeah. out. I will keep that in. <laughs> you mean to tell me a venue that hosts live rock music that needs attendees to pay them to see said rock music. Right. You mean to tell me they're, right. they commissioned a study right. that would trick people into believing that they're going to add years onto their life by attending said rock. Right. That'd be like if I, when I was single, I'd put out like an online dating ad where I was like, studies show that taking me out and buying me food makes your dick bigger. Like, <laughs> Oh, well, I got to get that. <laughs> like, it's not, that doesn't make sense. It's bias. A, bias. Yeah. That was bias, bias on dick size. Yeah. And, well, on my part, because I'm like, I want you to buy me food. You're right. So I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. Right. Now, let's but just... let's just... What if... What if... There is something to be said for the fact, though, that yes. they're around all those germs. That you're exposed to more people. You're strengthening your immunities. Ah, let's yes. do this conversation here, guys, and see what we feel. Because I feel that what they're saying here is that you're going to feel 
a sense of community. You're going to feel well-being. You're going to be happy and joyous in these occasions. Yeah, yeah. They posted the same exact study about churches. They said you'll live longer if you go to church, and that sense of community will add years onto your life. And we don't know if a church commissioned that study. However, let's let's break I'm this gonna down. Say yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to lean towards <laughs> the yes. <laughs> mm. But like it's saying you have a good sense of well-being, a good sense of community, like all these things that we're saying. Do you think going to concerts isn't a positive feeling for people? Sometimes. I, sometimes it just fills me with rage. Sometimes it fills me with rage because there's a guy barfing in a cup behind me and, it, and some dumb chick with a bikini on and Daisy Duke shorts at a fucking behemoth show. And I'm like, why are you wearing that? Or some guy What's will wrong be, with you? Or some guy will be in the mosh pit pissing in his own mouth. Yeah. You saw that. I, yeah. I, I know, but I'm, I'm okay with all this. This stuff makes me think I'm going to live longer because I'm witnessing these things. <laughs> but that does. I don't. None of this. None of the, none of these these dregs that come to concerts bother me. I'm like community. I'm an old cranky metalhead. I want to watch the band I paid to watch. Pete. Okay. Look. I still. I, I mean, still want the floor in the pit. I don't want to sit there. I, I don't mind the floor in the pit. I just. I don't want to be dodging dodging barf and <laughs> ass cheeks. You know. I, I'm going to tell you right now. If this podcast was such a huge deal, like like everything we said, got just put into like an article or whatever. Pete just said that watching people piss in their mouths will add years <laughs> on your life. That's he's like, yeah, I want that. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who commissioned me to say that, but the checks in the mail, the urine council. <laughs> so you guys think that this is kind of just bullshit. I don't, I wouldn't say that it's bullshit. I will. Cause I don't, I've not read the study. I don't, maybe they were legitimate. Maybe they just commissioned a third party. If they commissioned a third party that, you know, you have to sign some kind of bias thing where they can't have any, let me read you a part of the study. If okay, do that. The, the findings come off the back of bespoke psychometric and heart rate tests at a range of well-being activities, including gig going, yoga, and dog walking. The gig experience increased participants' feelings of well-being by 21%, with key markers across the happiness spectrum showing increases, including feelings of self-worth, plus 25%, and closeness to others, plus 25%, whilst mental stimulation climbed by an impressive 75%. Wait, Go. wait, 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 wait. Is this a Dungeons and Dragons skill board? Why do I get plus 25%? Where yeah, is that no coming shit. from? Yeah, exactly. Jazzle got plus 20 magic. <laughs> the second she jumped in the mosh to, pit. Do I have to roll for initiative? Jazzle, it's from the bespoke psychometric and heart rate tests. I yeah, hate you, this. Yeah, you this fucking bullshit. idiot. This you're is idiot. garbage. This is garbage bullshit. You can't just be like, you're 25% more happy. Well, first what off, does 25% more happy mean? Well, what does that even mean? Well, now I want to know tell like, me how, how many. Tell me how many number happy you are right now, Gooch. Right now, about a seven. And then, so if you were, that's the thing, that's a real thing you can measure scientifically? Yes, I can do totally measure that in numerical (laughs) I know for a fact doing this podcast (laughs) has taken years off both your lives. Yeah, exactly. 100%. (laughs) So whatever plus 17 you got, I I put you in the grave at 87. Actually, actually, we're all 17 years old, and we all look well past that. all of us sitting in that puke cloud from the guy behind us at the Slayer show took 12 years off our lives, because God knows what we caught. There's another thing, too, that I got to know. They're like talking about heart rate extension. I mean, is it a bunch of fucking metalheads with a bunch of like, uh, <laughs> like monitors all over them just hanging out you know like they just walk in they got a big old helmet with a bunch of wires hanging off of it they're like wow i'm measuring the happiness and they the heart roll rate. them in on a gurney like flatliners yeah exactly and go <laughs> Oh, studies, oh. studies. Makes no sense to me. I mean, I imagine there's probably some kind of pack where they like put the heart monitor. But what metalhead is like, I totally want to wear this. Yeah. That means well, not a show. It's that like means, a Fitbit. Yeah. <laughs> that, that means backstage. That means backstage. The metal, the, the band is like trying to fight through a team of scientists to get to the stage. <laughs> a guy with like waist length, long hair and a, and a pedometer and a Fitbit and shape ups yeah. on in the middle of the pit. It's like, I'm ready to do it for health and science. After one shot of Jameson, it went to 
to plus 72. <laughs> After seven, it went to minus nine. Did you know that scientifically whiskey makes you 30% more happy? How do you know that? Well, I was 10 happy, exactly. and now I'm 13 happy. <laughs> you know, and, what? Depending, and depending on the whiskey index, uh, plus seven whiskey makes you uh, 80% more violent. So oh, man. if you're listening to this or that arena, wherever you are in Europe somewhere. It's, it's in London. In O2 London. Arena. Um, we think you're bullshit, obviously. Well, and that's <laughs> On that note. But that's what I'm saying, though. Like they've, they've had the same studies about church. They've had the same studies about marriage. They've had the same right. studies about people with kids. They're like, if you do this, you're going to live a lot longer. And it's like, dude, nobody knows when they're going to check well, and out. And also, who wants to live like nine more years? Like, that's, yeah. like, that's like, what is, if you're what like, is hey, nine more years at 95 going to do yeah, for like, me? Hey, man, I want to live nine more years. So I do want to live nine more years also. That's why I quit smoking. I'm but. ready to check out at 70. I got a couple more years left and I'm ready to go. Dude, that's where I'm at. I'm like, as soon as my, as soon as my shit dries up and I can't walk on my own, if I can't fucking, I can't go to the store to get food, then I don't want to live. Right. I do. Well, okay, so if you can't fucking, you can't walk. I'm Pete, good. Yeah. I can, I can, I can. Yeah, Pete's got a kid that's going to push read. him around. So he's I can like, read. You can, I can do you're something. You're okay. going to read for 20 years? What um, uh, dude, how awesome does that sound? What that's happens if you lose your years. eyes and ears, Pete? You're you going to go blind. That. And then you're going to have Alzheimer's, so you're going to keep reading the same listen, chapter over and over again. <laughs> call me Ishmael. You'll, you'll the next never, day, call me Ishmael. You'll never get oh, through one book. It was the best moving of times. On. It was hey. the worst of times. You guys. Every single fucking day. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Alzheimer's jokes. That's where we're at today. Okay. Moving on. I apologize to everyone. <laughs> so uh, next story. I, I'm not. I, of course you're not. You made the joke. <laughs> stand by it. <laughs> the next story, guys. This is another happy, good story, right? Am I going to live longer? Yes, and it happened at a concert. It proves the O2 theory alive. So every time I die is Jordan Buckley. He saved the life of a fan with a brain tumor. How, Jocelyn, you ask? How? Brandon, you don't care. He spit beer in her eye at a concert. Wow, what did she do to deserve beer in her eye? She went to, she went to the front row <laughs> of an Every Time I Die concert where shit is real. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so he spit beer in her eye. And then she was like, shit, the next day, her eye still bothered her. So she decided to go to the doctor and be like, I wonder if something happened to my eye, you know, when he spit beer in my eye, you know, maybe. And then the doctor finds out she had a brain tumor. Maybe instead of him spitting beer in her eye, he spit a tumor in her eye. Okay. I don't think no, that's possible. Is that possible? No. <laughs> I don't think that. <laughs> now you just null and voided all of our scientific conversation. I don't think anybody would commission tumor spitting. I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, was it one of those things where, like, he just took a sip of beer and then he spit it yeah, in the air? Yeah. Okay, I was thinking, like, did he just jump no, down? He and he's like, you, and he just unloads He didn't, like, face. grab her by the lapel and go, you bitch, and spit it <laughs> yeah. in her eye. I don't think you were thinking that. Okay. I think, you're, I think you really went to an extreme weird level with that. You know what happened. Yeah. He saved her life, goddamn. Okay. He's that's a hero. What, that's how I, that's what he's we know. He's a hero. He is a hero. He's a hero. On accident. One time I headbutt a guy at a bar because he was a hero. Did you? Tell no, that story. He spit beer at <laughs> He spit beer at me and I fucking threw him. <laughs> I gotta say, of all the things I've had spit in my eye, none of them have ever saved my life. <laughs> but this is normally, let's just say she goes to the doctor, it's like lawsuit, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. This, this, is the, this is a positive story. It is. I like it. I like it. I like, I like it. Very it. Much. So um, it's more like, thank you for spitting beer in my eye. How often do you think that's happened? Never. I don't this think this is it, the first time. <laughs> I think this might be groundbreaking. The first thank you for spitting. I mean, beer in my outside face. of outside of BDSM dungeons, this is the first time that sentence has been uttered. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what does BDSM stand? Oh God! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Okay, I'm, I'm going to make you Google it later while move, you're alone. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. I I, a dungeon just sounds... <laughs> it's, is this a Game of Thrones thing? <laughs> yeah. Yep, it's a Game of Thrones thing. Right. Go to work and talk to all your yeah. work friends about the BDSM and they Game made of it, Thrones. They made it due to Eunuch. I'm yeah. on season three. Yeah, when Pete, when, Pete takes his, when Pete takes his belt off and puts it around his neck, he just calls it belt tie, not BDSM. <laughs> Uh, bell well, time then later. <laughs> bell time later. I want to live. <laughs> Nobody makes me feel like a bigger asshole than you two. Oh god, that's what I mean. It. I'm losing. I'm losing years here. When you say you have to Google something because I'm an asshole, you, I mean, it just you, the thing is though is like the things you don't know about, and then I have to tell you about it. It and makes then, me feel like you've lived in Beirut for 12 years or yes. something, like, or 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 like or in Provo, Utah, in one of those, con- <laughs> you know. Where it's just like people are there, you know. Every every no, every know. book, oh, look, every look. book is every book is like edited a certain way, and then Pete's like, "What?" I don't know every acronym on the face of the fucking planet. What was that Brendan Fraser movie where there was like a uh, where his parents took him to live in a bomb shelter, and he thought there was a nuclear war, and then he came blast out. from the past. Yeah, that's See, you. I know that shit. That's you. <laughs> See yeah. the fact that you knew that, but you don't know what BDSM is. <laughs> Either makes you the biggest Brendan Fraser <laughs> fan on the planet. <laughs> He's like, The Mummy 2 is one of the best movies ever, and I'll stand by it. Uh, I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> Moving on. Next article we wanted to talk about, guys. Uh, Rob Zombie says Slayer's retirement won't stick. Brandon, what do you think? I, I'm going to say... Disagree. I'm gonna, I, here's the thing. I just know that Tom Murray is in, going through pain right now. I mean, the guy is in pain yeah. when he's on stage, and... You know, when, when, when a band, especially like Slayer, when they just feed off your energy This 50 like that, Shades of Grey thing is BDSM? That's like when they tie up to people and like pseudo-rape them, but they like it? That's cor- okay. Oh, wait. Let's have a sidebar conversation. I'll teach you about <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> BDSM. I'll edit that out. Go ahead. Back to your thing. I don't, I don't, that's not yeah. even part of the show. <laughs> Look, Slayer is the type of music people play the BDSM people play when they want to make love. Yeah. That's, like, that's, <laughs> that's when they is. want to be romantic. Okay, exactly. now, I'll, now I won't edit it Exactly, out yeah. Because that made sense. Yeah, two thumbs to the throat. That's how they like to choke. Yeah. Anyway, though, I just have a hard time. Now, Kerry King, you know, like, but Kerry King, he'll go out and tour. But, I, I mean, Tom Araya, he's done. Yeah. I mean, he's done. There's something wrong with his neck, right? Isn't it? Yo, he had surgery, but, I mean, he's been performing for quite a long, I mean, probably like five or six years. I mean, it, it could be a main reason why. He's, we, he never stated that he's, he's, he's but, quitting because of that. Also, think about how long they've been touring. It's a long time. Yeah, Metallica it's a long time. time. But I mean, they are. But when you were a, uh, a headliner at a festival, the amount of money they can they can make for playing six shows a year is probably a hefty salary. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's a, it's a hefty salary, but I mean, it's not like. Uh you know, Metallica money, it's, you know, I mean, it's like, especially when they're only playing like a handful of dates a year. If they don't play for five years, it might be Metallica money. Yeah. I think that if they do come back, they should wait because if they want to make it worth their while, they'll make more money if they wait a long time. And you know what? And that's the thing. I mean, it's, it, it, it all depends on how they feel. I mean, if, if health is a deciding factor. So you think they will not come back? If, it, it all depends. If health is, is a deciding factor. Money, then, money will be a deciding factor, not yes. health. Money? Oh, well, I mean, again, if, if, they if get, health stands in the way, is Gucci's point. Like, if there's right. something where he's like, I could risk. Well, I mean, you look at Brian Johnson with yeah. ACDC, he can't come back. Yeah. He cannot come back. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, if it's something if it's something along those lines, I mean, if Tom Araya is in pain, and we, again, this is just a speculation. Mm-hmm. We don't know for sure. But uh, but he's already had surgery. And when you're a band like Slayer, and, you, and you're, you're one of these bands that just, the audience feeds off that rage, that energy. And if you can't give that to him anymore... 
It's different. I mean, it's, it's definitely it's a different, different show. Yeah. You can't pack it in. If you're in Slayer, you cannot pack it in. You just can't pack it in. You have to give it everything you have every time. Yeah. Hmm. So you think that they will not come back? Uh, again, I, I think I think if, I think they'll come back, but it won't be like a tour. It'll be like, hey, here's Slayer for like a one-off show. What here's about Slayer you? And if sh- I could speak for my eighth grade crush, Rob Zombie. Okay. Um, I do believe what he's saying is that people like that, it's just too ingrained in who they are. And I think oh. that there's like, that's the thought process he has. I think that maybe it's less about is the logistics there is that if there is a possibility that they can, that they will eventually come back. That's a good point. It's, it's like, a detox thing for like, like athletes too, yeah. like boxers and stuff like that. It's like, we're, I'm retiring at 30 and it's like by 33, they're like, man, this is, yeah, my whole life has changed. And you're right. Yeah. I've seen, you've seen cops do that where they, yeah. like, you know, videos of cops after they retired after 30 years, they do their last call and they're. They're tearing up. They're getting yeah. You know, because it's all it's all they've ever that's known. All they know. You know. So I mean, like when it's you break, part of your identity. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. So when when all of a sudden you come around and you just change someone's identity. I'm I mean, very connected with Rob. I can usually <laughs> tell you what he's thinking. I think Slayer will return after this final tour. I say four years. Four with years a, with a record. I think and, that's same. with I, a record. I, I think they'll come back with a record. I think they'll come back with a tour. I think they'll they'll be an active band again. And I think they I think they will retire. I mean, they're about as old as Kiss was when they quit the first time. Yeah, they're, you know what they're, I, mean? like, I think they got a couple more retirements under their belt. Yeah, I think they right. got a couple more. I think they have like a reunion coming, like a reunion under their belt to come up soon. Uh, there may be some roster changes, another tour, and then there will be a final retirement. Well, it's always going to be Tom and Carrie. I, I, I totally feel like they'll totally come back. After like yeah. a year or two off, I guarantee they'll be like, you know what, man? We can make we can rake it in right, right. now. Right. Well, cause they're still going to have their, half the their time. managers and yeah. their, their, their agents are going to be like, look, dude, we just got offered this much money right. for you. You guys got to come play. Like, right. I uh, mean, that's, what's going to happen. The offers are going to start rolling in. Yeah. I, I think most bands of the, the, the elder age that do retire early, you know, it could be health reasons. That's, that's fair to say, but I also think they, they don't draw a crowd, you no. know, like anymore. So it's like, look, it's not worth it. Slayer draws, a crowd. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, like, because the fans span a little bit wider range of and age. I, exactly, and I won't care if they're lying right now. I didn't, I guess I didn't care when Kiss was. Yeah, I, I hope mean, Motley Crue stays dead. But who says but, that? I mean, who, says, who says that they're lying? Wow. Who says that they're lying? I don't that's, like Motley Crue. That's okay. I love it. He's when stuck Pete, on it. I don't <laughs> like Motley Crue. They're me, overrated. Pete always makes me feel horrible when I wish death on someone, but he's I like did, Motley Crue dead. No, no, I didn't wish death on the members. It's just the band. Stay away. Okay, stay away. I think that they're not lying. I think that they probably genuinely want to retire right now. But right. I think that what'll happen is their mind will change because we're all humans and people need to stop villain each other for changing their minds and then on top of that i'm (laughs) spilling the tea today i'm sorry i'm so sorry (laughs) you're spilling tea brandon's got alzheimer's jokes it's crazy today that's right (laughs) next story i want to (laughs) rock these nighters coming up guys and it's a good one so hang in there please rock uh, I want to rock. <laughs> oh my god, I'm dying. Okay, next story, guys. So, uh, Mark, guitar player from Suicide Silence, uh, was not on stage at their recent concert. Lone Star from the Mighty Darkest Hour filled in for him, but uh, you know he put out a statement. With this was after the fact that Lone Star was on stage with him, and he said he's on a radical sabbatical from Suicide Silence. Wait, wait, wait! Isn't that the next uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure movie? <laughs> A radical is it? <laughs> Bill and Ted's radical sabbatical. Is that really what it is? <laughs> no. Oh, okay, because I know they're remaking the third one. No, they're doing a third one. And they I thought are. maybe yes. They really are doing a third one. You guys are joking, right? Because we talked about Bill we and did Ted's talk about like that. 
a whole yes. episode. Yeah, yeah, okay. no. <laughs> so, we are. so when you said that, I was like, well, that's definitely not out of the question. But radical sabbatical. It's definitely not the title yeah. of it. <laughs> Excellent adventure, bogus journey, radical sabbatical. Dude, that's not outside the realm. You're right, you're right. So this is what his statement was. Now, And then we'll, we'll go into what we think is going on. So the cat is out of the bag uh, because he wasn't on stage. So, like, yeah. So the cat is out of the bag. I'm not on tour with the band. I've been on a radical sabbatical since about February this year. I just feel I need. I just feel I need a break to spend time with my family and give my mind and body the attention it deserves. Bogus. I've abused <laughs> journey. <laughs> I've abused myself for years, and a member of my family's health. I've abused myself for years, and a member of my family's health has got me aware of mortality and the length of time I may have on this earth. It landed me on this it's all or nothing state of mind for the band. And right now the attention I am used to giving the band is not there. He went on to say a couple more things, but guys. But it, well, here's the deal. It sounds like he's worried about his mortality. You know what he needs? More live shows. He needs to go to more concerts. Yes. More to concerts. 100%. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Add a, get, so get, he's actually going to live shorter if he stops performing. Yeah, exactly. Get back. <laughs> Cut the radical sabbatical short. This isn't, I mean, this isn't outside the realm of normalcy, though. I mean, in the 80s and the 70s, it was pretty normal to take a sabbatical to try and figure your life out and figure out if you wanted to continue doing what you're doing. But Suicide Silence, let's just break that down. They put out, they put out their self-titled record. Huge fan backlash. Had a rough year, um, you know, as far as that goes with this change of sound. Really, really unfair how bad it was, but the, everybody was pretty much attacking them. So there's more, there might be more to this story than we think. Like, when you have, um, well, dude, I want to go on a, a super dope road show. Or wait, no, no, no. no. All right, I'm no. trying to, th- I'm trying to find something that's got the same ring as radical <laughs> sabbatical, but don't. <laughs> and you has. chose super dope, dope road, road show. show. Oh boy, I, I wish I could hit the double down sounder. I wish you could too. <laughs> I don't even think you singled down. That's just fuck up. <laughs> 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 so the chances of him returning to this band, Brandon, what do you think? Oh, again, like, uh, well, let's just see how radical was this sabbatical. <laughs> if it was like it a was 10 plus of, 25. All right. And then that's <laughs> it was 25%. If it was rated one to 10 and it's a plus 25, then I don't think he's coming back. I think the radical sabbatical is now his life. I don't think so. I think that this is not a normal thing that people do. We all go through it. We as comics do it every single year where we go, should I even do this fucking comedy mm-hmm. thing anymore? Because it's, it's hard. It's a hard life. He had a, there was a bump in the road. Like he talked about at the beginning of this year, he's probably going, look at my family, look at my life, look at my friends, look at who I love. Do I really feel like I need to be doing this right now? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm doing at that point, you're doing it for other people. You're like, I'm getting nothing out of this. Right. So I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. And on top of that too, it's not like, and I'm not trying to slam the band, but it did. The last record did get some negative reviews. Not <laughs> negative. He just said that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. No, he's he's reiterating my point. But I mean, it was like, dude, people were mean. They were. Bro. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. They were like, it wasn't even negative. It was like, fuck you guys for life. But they were saying they were saying horrible things about the 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 frontman who passed. I mean, it was like ugly, bro. Well, that's what I'm getting yeah. at. I mean, it's like when you get when you get that kind of a backlash, so and then all of like a sudden to stay home take, and not deal with that, it makes sense. Right? And that, that's what I'm getting at. Like if you receive that type of backlash from the public, and then you go on a sabbatical that is deemed radical <laughs> if you go on a dope road show <laughs> if you go on a super dope road show road man, I don't know. jesus christ i came out i had it and continue. then i lost it. as you, soon as i was in mid-sentence you didn't I was have like, it you didn't have if it. you went on a sabbatical that's radical continue <laughs> i'm so i'm sorry for uh i don't know what i did there yeah you just well, it's called fucking me up but uh um i don't even know where i was going with that. i know I you know because you weren't going anywhere no i was going somewhere <laughs> i was just saying like if, if, if you get if you put out a record and again when these artists they put out these records now sometimes 
they do put their heart and soul into it. Let's just say he was the one that put everything he had into it right. and then to get that kind of a response. Yeah, you're going to have to take a step back away. you got to do some re- well, reanalyzation. Imagine, imagine the feeling if you didn't put your heart and soul into it and yet you got people tweeting you and DMing you and adding you and being like, you suck a million dicks. And you're like, I was barely there. Like, I, did, I just was there like you didn't put your whole heart and soul into it so now you're getting all this negative backlash for something you didn't even like 100 percent put your passion into it's like not the best product you wanted to put out a, a, mi- a million dicks john a million dicks that's a lot of dicks. <laughs> 999,999 well, don't be dicks on a wall pass it around dicks on a wall jesus what, you guys didn't have that song pop into your head in? No. no. All right. No. no. Well. Again, we know what BDSM is. No, I do too now. It's Fifty Shades of Grey. No, yeah. no. It, it's close. We're it's close. straight up. When I, when I typed it in, Fifty Shades of Grey popped up. And you know I know what? what happened there. He he put like a ball in her vagina and she had to walk around. I'm trying to find That's a fun. Brendan Fraser movie with BDSM in it. Casino <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> Polly Shore beat the shit out of him. <laughs> See, you know what BDSM is. There it is. <laughs> what about the one where he was going up against the devil where it was That like, was Liz Hurley. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bedazzled? Yeah. Bedazzled. yeah. I like that movie. Yeah, me too. It's cute. It was funny. Uh, but she didn't beat him up at all. In oh, the movie. No. All right, guys. Next story I want to touch on because we started with this whole study on, on rock concerts. Now I want to touch on Spotify CEO. You had a hard time finding study? The word? <laughs> Yeah, dude. I, in my mind, I'm, I'm on the Super Dope Road Show, and I just want to keep going. It's, dude, now it sounds great. Super Dope <laughs> Road Show. The more I say it, the more I'm like, you know what? I think I hit the you nail right on the head. You can't be surprised how many times it took this one to learn how to say nuclear. Yeah, nuclear. I still can't say nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. <laughs> so Spotify CEO says Metallica uses streaming service data to select area-specific set lists. So now the Spotify CEO is saying, hey, guys, if you want Metallica to play that song in your area, play it a bunch of times on Spotify, and Metallica might play it. Smart business move? Yes. Bias study? What do you guys think? I, don't know. I think it's I think it's bias, one hundred percent, and I think it's weird considering that Metallica was the like uh, antichrist of Napster's Jesus. You know, yeah. like the, for them to like go from like this digital age of music, they were like the pioneers of hating on it, and then for them now to like if they were using it to be like, well, we're just going to use it to. Well, but at this point, I mean, it's at this yeah, point. I that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's like the times have changed, and, and as much as Lars bitched and bitched and bitched, and as much as what he said about Napster came true. Let's just you have to roll with the times. Real quick though, Napster was straight theft, and they get a little bit from Spotify. Yeah, they get, I'm like, not yes. saying they get a lot. The point is they get like a quarter of a penny. There's <laughs> yeah. there's a play. There's a difference between straight theft and yes. something. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But my point is, is that I just don't see Metallica being like for that for that thought process for that morality for you to be like, oh well, I'm okay with getting a, a penny for every million listens. Like, doesn't seem like it's that far to the left. And it also feels a little bit like you said, like the CEO is just trying to say listen to Spotify more. Yeah, you're right. I actually, oh, yeah. I did I come across so. an article where uh, Spotify commissioned for a study that says you will live a lot longer if you download Spotify on your <laughs> smartphone. Interesting. I just heard that. Yeah? yeah. Did, I heard a, I heard a very similar study with Apple Music. Mm. It's crazy. I yeah. also heard a study about following me on Twitter. Mm. Oh, <laughs> shit. At Jocelyn Sharp, six years on your life. <laughs> Great tie-in. Six years on your life, you can get seven years by following me on Twitter. <laughs> you really lose six years by following me. <laughs> <laughs> no shit it's a wash then you follow me <laughs> and then you, and you get four. four yeah exactly do the math people i just gave you four years i'm positive <laughs> don't choke people for sexual purposes moving on no oh, i'm kidding don't do quote him on that yeah, first of all if, do it if you want if how that's dare what feels you? good just stop when their face turns blue how dare you 
face turns blue. Yeah, that's yeah. when that's, you stop. You should stop before then. Well, you have a safe word. What's yeah. the safe word? Like pineapple or whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever. Just, I would have a safe you, word that was you like have pineapple. To, you have to think of something that's non-sexual that you wouldn't already scream out during sex. <gasps> Pineapple's one yeah, of right, them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've obviously never been the victim of a choking because you cannot uh, talk like that. I, f- I truly feel that like people have listened to this show many times and never thought, like, these guys are high or drunk. I feel like they're going to think, on oh, this episode, we're wasted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're everywhere. <laughs> well, it is Sunday at noon. It is Sunday at noon. We're totally sober. We're having we a everywhere. great time. And we we're, really are. And it's like, I'm just so, this interview's. I'm I am so fucked excited. up on apple cider vinegar energy drink. <laughs> this chick gets it. She gets it. <laughs> she gets it. Real quick, guys, before we, one more story I want to touch on before we get into our interview with the mighty D. Snyder. Uh, Behemoth released uh, images of Nurgle as crucified Christ and a new album announcement coming soon. Now, we all know that. We want to be edgy and all those things. But uh, I remember seeing this image and I was just like, I, what do you got? What was your guys' reaction to this image of Nurgle being crucified? Bored. Yeah. I mean, look, man, at this point, it's been done. Bored. I, I can't recall anybody who's been crucified. I mean, can you recall anybody who's been crucified I just feel on like, stage? I just feel like the whole the, shitting on religion thing is just like, we get it. Yeah, yeah. We, you're so metal. Right. Like, we get it. I mean, yeah. I That's mean, where I'm at with it. it yeah. It, 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 that is... Behemoth's been doing it for a long time, but I just felt when I saw this image, I, I exactly what I felt. I'm like, eh, it's just like, all right, you know. I mean, I there's know. just been so many parodies of the crucifixion of the Last Supper of like, I mean, I just feel, I don't know. I just feel like I want something new. Like, I like, just like eat meat in front of a vegan yeah. or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, <laughs> what, what, what the new metal is yeah. going to be. But. Yeah, next week, Nurg- <laughs> Nurgle rides on a stage on a 10-speed wearing a white shirt and a tie. <laughs> Nurgle eats gluten in Hollywood. Oh, this guy's so metal. <laughs> and, and, and that's probably the image that you want. You want to be uncomfortable. He probably wanted that. So it might work in a little bit of ways. Because it, it didn't, didn't make me uncomfortable. It, I just was like, make you're me, more creative than this. It didn't make me uncomfortable. It just made me go, meh. Like, literally, that, that noise I just made was the entirety of my emotional reaction yeah. to seeing right, it. Okay. Yeah. And I'm really excited about the new Behemoth record. I am, too. Out. But, yeah, just that the teaser, you're like, mm, it was a miss for me. Yeah. And yeah, it was just a miss. But, you know, whatever. Uh, See, but I just, I also just think that's us being desensitized. Yeah, we're so desensitized. I I just feel like when you cater to such a specific audience, like you're just catering to people. Yeah. You're just thinking what people will like, and it's not genuine. It's pandering versus. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he's pandering to that just anti Christian type of fuck religion type of mentality, which Behemoth is all about. Don't get me wrong, but I just, I I feel like, I don't know why this came off to me as like pandering. I wasn't a fan of it, but whatever, dude. Anyway, so <coughs> this September, Revocation will release their new album, The Outer Ones, via Metal Blade Records. The Outer Ones see Revocation pushing both the death metal and progressive elements of their signature sound harder than ever and can be pre-ordered now at metalblade.com slash revocation. Be sure to also catch the band on the road this fall for their first U.S. headlining tour in several years featuring, featuring Exhumed, Rivers of Nile, and Yatia as support. Guys, this record is awesome. Make sure you pre-order The Outer Ones by Revocation, metalblade.com slash revocation. And with that, guys, here is my interview with D. Snyder. Hey, everybody. It's Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast on the phone. I got the legend, D. Snyder, man. We're here to talk about new record for the love of metal, which is out now. The new record, D, was produced by a hatebreed frontman, Jamie Josta, uh, and this at this stage of your career, who has been your favorite producer that you have worked with and what made them special? Jamie Jasta. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Jasta. I was never really crazy about um, 
the producers uh, that have been on my on my albums. They were usually um, assigned to me, you know, um, and you know, and, and by the record label. And I've been pretty vocal, you know, like how you know Tom Warman. I felt like I was at war with him, you know, on Stay Hungry. It was I was I was fighting to keep um, you know to, to save my own record from uh, his sensibilities. And, you know, uh, and then there have been, you know, other, uh, you know, um, passion projects I've done, like D Does Broadway, where I worked with people like Bob Kulik, who was great. And we were all on a mission to, we were challenging ourselves to take Broadway show tunes and make them rock. And we did it really well. Nobody bought it, but at the same time, that was more, it was a, it was a choice. But uh, Josta really has enabled me to do something that I've been wanting to do for the, over 20 years now, and that is find a voice and a place in the contemporary metal scene. Because I've stayed a metal fan. I've been a metal fan throughout my life. I'm OG metalhead. I'm, I'm 63 years old. I was day one Grand Funk Railroad, day one Blue Cheer, day one Black Sabbath, day one Led Zeppelin, and on and on and on. It was hard rock. It wasn't even metal. I was swinging that sledgehammer to help destroy the Woodstock Nation. Because while everybody was there, peace, love, and singing and cheering just as loud for the who as they did country joe and the fish i was screaming country joe and the fish suck suck i hate crosby stills and nash and that was like that was that was i was a heretic it was like, it was like what you don't love everything no i don't love all, all music and up to that point everybody loved everything in rock and roll what's this about anyway i've just felt i've, I've continued to be a part of metal follow heavy metal go to shows my kids are metalheads they've, they've kept me in the loop and i've just but i felt there was no real place for me and jamie josta showed there is yeah and now the record you have admitted that josta wrote and uh you felt he channeled you in a way uh that accurately you know represented you and your emotions at that time during the recording uh tell me about that experience and connection well, you know, Josh, you know, first of all, people treat me, you know, I, it was like big news. D. Snyder says he didn't write anything on the album. People, I, I, well, first of all, this, the third question I asked Josh when he challenged me, the second question, I said, who's producing? He said, me. I said, who's writing the songs? I said, because when I write, it turns out 80s or it sounds like I'm trying to imitate other bands. It doesn't come across as genuine. So I knew I couldn't write this stuff for myself. Um, but people, and then plus it's, it's in the, the liner notes, you can see who wrote the songs, but people, there are so many, uh, look, Elvis didn't write his songs. Sinatra didn't write his songs. And let me tell you, there's some major metal artists who are not writing their songs. They're putting their name on it. And I don't think that's cool. So I would never insist on doing that. I would never do that. Uh, so I've just been very straightforward. But that doesn't mean, like I said, if people, Sinatra, are able to sell the songs and, and believe the songs that he's singing my way. And when I was 17, of course, yes, because they connect with him. And the, with me and Jasta, it was like, all right, Jasta has been given this responsibility. And that's what he felt it was, responsibility. He challenged me. I accepted the challenge. Now it was, I trusted him. And now he said, I've got to, I can't make D. Snyder hate uh, Jamie Josta. I got to make this an album for D. Snyder. And we talked a lot about where I was at and a lot about, particularly what mentally, you know, what my mindset and things I wanted to talk about and things I wanted to say and statements I wanted to make. So, like, you know, a song for like 
Tomorrow's no concern. That is as a result of me telling Justin my D, the D Snyder philosophy, which is I'd rather talk to you. I'm more passionate and more talk to you about what I'm working on now at this moment than what I did 30 or 40 years ago or what I'll do 10 years from now. Who the hell knows? Now is important to me, the old Corp ADM thing. And um, after that, that's how Tomorrow's No Concern came. I gave you yesterday, Tomorrow's No Concern. I gave you yesterday, you could keep it because today is mine. It's the decider philosophy, and Jamie embodied it. I said, you know, he's all like Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs. What are you, like a 14? You know, he wrapped himself in a D. Snyder skin suit and, and danced in front of a mirror going, I'd fuck me. You know, <laughs> what, a disturbing, what a disturbing thought. <laughs> I can see Joss's face in that uh, Buffalo Bill scene right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> Talking and going, I'd fuck me. You know, so... so. <laughs> And I remember in the early stages, I heard the origin on the podcast, the episode, uh, a little while back. Did you need convincing to make the record? Because it all happened in that one conversation, correct? And then it was more like, no, I'm serious? Or was there any convincing in this process? Or was it just kind of... No, I, 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 I did the D Does Broadway record because I challenged myself. I just come off Broadway and Rock of Ages. And I always was, uh, thought there was that Broadway tunes rocked. And I said, you know, I want to do, I it was a personal challenge. I did the um, We Are The Ones record, which was more of a mainstream rock record, because I was literally challenged by a pop producer to make a mainstream record. I said, I accept the challenge. I, and, you know, when I went to Broadway, I basically was, I never had done anything like that. I accept the challenge. I just got up out of a show called Rocktopia, where the challenge was, can I sing Stairway to Heaven, uh, you know, Cashmere and Dream On? in front of a Broadway crowd and, and, and deliver the goods. And not only did I do it, but they've asked me to join the cast of Rock, Rocktopia, and I'll be going, I'm doing shows in the Midwest and uh, with them this year. I'm going to become a permanent member, the Rock member of Rocktopia. So I always, I've been joking lately, say thankfully the next challenge wasn't, I challenge you to do a children's record. Because <laughs> <laughs> I accept that challenge because I am a moron and I accept challenges. So I just, when Jamie said, I challenge you, I said, yes, but partially because I take challenges, but, sec- but yeah, to do a contemporary metal record, God, it's not that I haven't wanted to do one. I just felt that I didn't know how to deliver one. You know, Twisted Sister wanted to do new, new music, new records. And I said, no, you know, we did the, we did the Christmas album. That was his covers, you know, I said, no. And they said, why? I said, because it's back to the future. You know, a heritage band doing old music is just like nobody, they, a, nobody buys it. And then if a heritage band tries to change, nobody's, they go in, oh, they, they should know who they are. They should stay who they were. You don't like it. They don't like it when you stay who you are. They don't like it when you change who you are. You're sort of stuck. You know, and I didn't want it to be a great Scott Marty. We've made a record that sounds like 1985. You know, so, uh, you know, I, and as long as I was sister, I knew, I, no way I could break out of that. There was no possible way. And, and being solo, at least... You know, whether people think, you know, if it's convincing or not, that, you know, that's people's opinion. But at least I can say, well, you know, it's, I'm not Twisted Sister, so you can't expect me to stand on stage and play all Twisted Sister, 
twist sister song. And with Josta, man, he he's written so many different genres of metal. He's like the perfect guy to assist this. I've heard the record; it's phenomenal, and I think everybody is saying it. You know, across the board, it pretty much the reviews yeah. are, are off the chain. I've seen one negative review, and the guy started it by saying, uh, "The guy started by saying he was a fan of mine." He goes, "But um, I wasn't by I wasn't optimistic since everybody involved the bands I hate." <laughs> so, so and then he went on up. to say that he, it sounded too much, too much like these bands that I hate. So I mean, yeah. So okay, I I, I see why you didn't like it. But anyway, yeah, the re- reaction was good. I did not know what Jamie Johnson was capable of. Yeah. I did not know. Um, I knew Hatebreed. I didn't know Jasta, uh, and I didn't know his. You know, uh, but he. I do know. Uh, we we're friends, and uh, that he's a smart guy and he's a true fan of the genre and clearly when he when he challenged me there was a love and a passion for what i do in there and i've i've got you know i I jokingly have often said i have two rules rule number one you like me i like you rule number two you don't like me we got a problem okay so jamie Johnson clearly liked me and liked what and respected what i did so i trusted myself trusted him that said it was a it was, a, it was the word I'm looking for. It was a, a trust with an asterisk. I said, okay, I'll go in the studio and let me hear what we got. So we did song one and song two, which were American Made and Running Mazes. I'm on one side of the glass in the, in the studio, Shasta and the Belmore Brothers on the other side. And I'm on my side going, holy fuck, this is great, this works. And they're on the other side going, holy fuck, this is great, this works. Like, we both went in like, you know, trust, like, say, okay, we're going to do this, but we didn't know just how well it would work until we got in, until I heard the first songs that were being delivered for me, and they heard, um, and, and they heard my voice on those songs, which they said was even more powerful than they expected. And I said, well, that's because I'm connecting with what you're delivering to me. You know, what we run, fucking Joss and I are both huge Game of Thrones fans. Mm. And we've talked about Game of Thrones. And I'm doing, singing Run Amazing for the first time, and I realize it's inspired by a line from Game of Thrones uh, when uh, Aya's uh, fencing instructor uh, is teaching her. He says, What do we say to death? Not today. Not today. We look into the eye of death and say, Not today. And that's the chorus of running mazes. I'm going, you fucking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wrote a song. We were about fucking inspired by game of thrones. Holy shit. You know, cause we just talked about my passions, you know? So yeah, once we saw work, the trust built and, and, and it just, it got stronger and stronger just from that trust. That's one thing about him is that I remember the King of Sorrow records. I was, there was always a doubt when he was doing records that were outside that hardcore genre years ago and now it's just like follow him this guy loves the game he can do a black metal record he can do a metal record a punk rock record he he just understands it you know but that's one thing on the record that i think a lot of people will just be amazed with is your voice is extremely powerful you know and you did a solo one a couple years back and with that record though did you feel like you you pushed your voice the same way or was the material just different no 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 this was a challenge record this was this was um a lot of uh, pop songwriters writing mainstream rock songs. And, and this was, a, I chose, I said, all right, I accept the challenge. 
you know, um, to, to do a mainstream record. And it was a, singing a lot of these songs was a struggle because they're out of my natural place. Same goes for D does Broadway. When I, you know, I was just listening to something, um, you know, it popped up and I sang, uh, you know, um, and there was songs I sang, I sang a song with Patti Lapone, Broadway legend Patti Lapone. We did Somewhere from uh, a power ballad version of Somewhere. And I'm singing in a very clean, controlled, powerful voice. That's this. What you hear on the love metal is my default voice. That is me roaring. You know, I've actually, you know, uh, Marie Osmond said on a show called Celebrity Duets when she was chastising Hal Sparks, who I was duetting with. She said, uh, "Hal, when you when D screams, it's a note." <laughs> she said, "You're just screaming." <laughs> <laughs> but but it, but and and I've actually I, I, this is true. I've had my voice tested. They said it is, uh, it is, it is a, it is a, uh, what's the word they use? It defies, uh, laws of, of actual physics. Um, they said, they said, look at what's going on here. Your, your voice is hitting every harmonic at once, yet you are forcing it into notes. When I'm roaring, it says you're striking, your vocal cords are, are ringing every note. It's like white noise, except Somehow, and this is the oddity, you force all of those notes into those harmonics to go into different notes. And they were just stunned. I was stunned. <laughs> I was looking, looking at the graph. I'm going, holy shit. What, what did I say to that? And she said, I, I, you know, they, they, was, they couldn't figure it out. But, but this is, oh, people say to me, oh, is it hard for you to sing away? No, it's easy for me to sing like this. It's hard for me to sing in Rocktopia. So in a way, they said you have four voices coming at you at once. Oh yeah, it's like a, like a, <laughs> like one of those devil things. It's like a devil voice because because vocal cords are like strings on a guitar on an instrument, and you know when you sing, you normally hit one or talk, you hit one at a time, and this is how you make pitch. I'm just hitting them all, <laughs> and then, and insisting that it turn into a note. <laughs> I'm insisting. So I don't allow my voice to have a choice. That's studio magic for most metal singers, and you got it like that. That's awesome, man. <laughs> D, you've done everything. Like you said, you're 63. You've written books, uh, so many charities, television, movies, everything. One thing that I recently saw and I completely forgot about was I saw an episode of The Chappelle Show, and there was D. Snyder. Can you tell me the story of how you got on The Chappelle Show? It is the most abstract non-event in the sense of its occurrence. I'm walking down the streets of New York, and somebody says, hey, D. And this is how I spend my days. I recently told the story of a hey, D, that turned out to be Chuck D from Public Enemy. Uh, and both of us were sitting watching our five-year-old daughters on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the carousel, like a couple of buffoons waving like morons. Uh, you look at those two badasses sitting there waving to our five-year-olds. Uh, anyway, but so I uh, hear, hey, Dan, I'm like, hey, what's up, man? You know, it's because, you know, and, I walk, and it's, it's, it's Bob Gold, it's Bobcat. It's Bob Goldthwait. And we were, had been good friends in the 80s, hadn't seen him in a while. And Bob, what are you doing? He goes, I'm directing this, this new show for Dave Chappelle. And uh, it hadn't aired yet. And then he points down the block, and Chappelle's standing down there in front of a, because Bob had run after me. 
And uh, and I waved at Dave. You know, we'd seen each other around, and he waved back. I said, what are you doing? He goes, uh, oh, questions you want to ask a gay guy, questions you want to ask a black guy. He says, you want to do them? Do some? Do them? I said, all right, let's go. <laughs> and he didn't give me the questions. I just did it on the fly. And so I was there maybe five minutes and left. That thing, those things got so viewed, that became so big. I mean, in many ways, you know, it's funny. You do something in, in, in seconds, and it, it becomes one of the biggest things you've ever did. You know, and other things you have to work at for a year or whatever. But it was just, it was just, uh, just a happen to walk by. Wow, that story. Yeah, is and funny. the show became huge. Yeah, yeah, such a huge. It's 15 years ago. I just, uh, I just did a, a show on it, and I was like, man, I can't believe it's been that long with that one. Another thing, 20 years ago, it was Strangeland, you know, and then 10 years ago, I believe you did the comic books. Is that correct? Uh, the comic books that my son did, uh, he's talking about Strangeland comics? Yeah. Yeah, he did, he wrote those and was behind those, and unfortunately, I'm really demented, my, my children are fucking hardcore. <laughs> uh, they, uh, they are my children. Uh, yeah, but unfortunately, uh, Fangoria Comics went tits up before the follow-up issues came out, and uh, to this day, he's trying to, because you know, it, like, it was like a, a three-book series, and the other two never uh, were released. So still trying to get those released, yeah. And then Strangeland 2, though, I know you talked about it, I want to say in like 2015, 2014, that it, was, it, w- it looked like it was going to happen. Um, but is there any updates on that right now, on the sequel? I think it was called Disciple. Is you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, was, it was a sequel. Um, it was greenlit in 1998, uh, right after the release of the original one. Wow. And then the company went to its um, uh, In that process, it went into the court system for about 10 years where I was fighting for my creative rights and to get my, uh, my, my, my property back, which I eventually did. Um, then, you know, I've been trying to get, I've had, you know, on again, off again dalliances with different production companies who wanted to make it and then they fell apart, you know, so, um, or, or weren't able to do it or whatever. And then I gave up on it. And now I've got people who are, uh, are are hungry to make it again, but now after going back and reading the script that I wrote twenty years ago, it's twenty years. Yeah, I, and I just said this is um, too much time has passed to do this story. I, it was the original script was literally like a Halloween two, where it picked up right pretty much where the last one left off, and I go twenty years later, I can't do that. So I'm actually. Uh, I'm just getting ready to, to basically start over and write a whole new script um, for uh, for you know for twenty you know, twenty years after the fact, mm-hmm. you know where you know um, Captain Howdy has been institutional institutionalized for twenty years, and it goes from the and it, and it deals in that world of of the twenty years later. So um, anyway. So uh, like I said, I got people want to do it, but I have not rewritten the script yet. So uh, who knows what the timeline on this is? Yes, yeah, step one. But that's so. There's still hope, though. We can say that. Yeah, you know, it's it's it's, it's it, for me. It's the one that got away. I'm one of these people like never likes to give up on things and never and and just you know pursues pursues pursues. Just ask my wife. And uh, you know you've you know the twisted story. Uh, we are twisted fucking sister. Ten years for the band to make it. So I'm not a person who likes to give up. Uh, and I just uh, I'm kind of haunted by the fact that I never got this sequel made. And you know we go around to these horror conventions, and the people are lining up 
for pictures of you know of Captain Howdy and with Captain Howdy, and you know, so it's it, there's a there's an audience there. It's a cult film, and there's a love for the movie. So I got to get it done. One last question, man. I know we got to get you off the phone here pretty soon, but uh, you're you know you fought against censorship a lot and uh, stood up for us. And everybody in general, when it came to music, do you feel a sense of censorship is happening again with free speech in this country? Yeah, but it's bizarre what's happened with that. First of all, censorship is ongoing. Um, those that would censor are constantly pushing back and drawing lines um, in the sand uh, that that the the artistic or the you know um, the or the people who are against censorship. That we're always stepping over these lines. And I have a certain sympathy. I feel kind of sad because you look how far uh, we've come pushing and crossing those lines since, say, the Puritan age. <laughs> you know, we've come a long way, baby. And these poor conservatives have been trying to just put some sort of stop the flood, you know. <laughs> just stop. Okay, okay, you can, you can do this, but you can't do that. And we go, and, you know, as Robin Quivers, I've quoted her many times, she said to me once, what, or what, good, what good is a line if you don't cross it? You know, so, um, and, uh, uh, but, but the interesting turn of events now is that a lot of the censorship is coming from the liberal side, the PC police. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest forms of censorship now, is not from the conservatives, it's from the politically correct. You know, you, you know we've, I, was talked to my, I was talking with somebody saying, you realize that the movie Blazing Saddles couldn't get made today. Mm-mm. Chappelle's show couldn't get made today. Couldn't get made today, because it's not PC. You can't say that. You can't say that. Who's, say, who's telling us that? Is it the conservatives? No. It's the liberals. It's the ones who are supposed to be fighting for, against, you know, for, for freedom of speech. They're saying, oh, no, 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 no. Can't say that. You know, so, it's, it's, so it still exists, but it's taken an interesting twist. It blurs the line for a lot of us to, to, you know, I guess we all have to pick sides in a way. But there's always something on each side now that seems to be extreme, you know? Um, and yeah, it's, yeah, and, yeah, it's true. Yeah, and it used to it's not true. feel that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on a, you know, a, 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 one of the movies uh, I've written uh, is based on a, uh, I, I can't get to the details, but it's an actual, it's based on an actual crime that happened in the 80s, and um, it was perpetrated by a group of black men on a group of white people, and um, I, the script I wrote, it's it's a it's a true story. It's, and I'm, and it's, it's, you know, and it's, it doesn't objectify anybody. It's just, it's, it, anyway, I can't, I, I go, just, I can't leave that, but, uh, the resistance that I'm getting, like, D, love the script, love the script, but you can't, you can't say it's black guys. And that's censorship. And I go, right? and that's a story. Oh, well, I go, why? They go, well, you know, it, you know, it's, it's it basically, you know, you can't say that their gangs are black and they're, uh, and white, there's this, you know, white shame going on, and, and you know, and, and you know, uh, and yet, in the, you know, the black filmmakers are making films, and I'm not a white supremacist at all. I'm just saying this is the the extremes of uh, of P where we're at, where we even a true story, a fact, you know, uh, if you're, re- you're you're telling the story, they want you to change the truth. 
because it's not politically correct to talk about that. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a very weird time. It's frightening to me. I mean, in a lot of ways, but yeah, I gotta, I gotta say that's something for us just to think about, man, for sure. And I, I, we're going to leave on that point, but I definitely want to one more time, everybody for the love of metal, D Snyder solo record. This thing is excellent. And I'm going to tell you, I want to just say a consistent thing I'm hearing, which to some might be an insult to me, uh, I'm not insulted, and it's a reason that you should check the record out. Is most of the people are saying, "I was surprised. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this," <laughs> and you know, and it's like they're like, "Holy crap, it's really good," you know. So like, so yeah, so uh, because because yeah, you're not expecting it to be great. Uh, give it a shot. Yeah, and and give it a shot. How often? Let's be honest. How often do people say, "Whoa, I was surprised in music these days"? See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah you're, so you're hearing it and a lot. So thanks, uh, thanks, uh, Metal Sucks, and good talking to you. And we'll talk again sometime. Excellent, dude.
Metal Sucks Podcast. The rain is nothing to fear when you become the storm.
Doesn't matter if it's punk, metal, or rock. Rockabilia is your one-stop shop for all band merch. They have over 500,000 items to choose from. Hard to find stuff that you can't get anywhere else with the largest selection of music merchandise available in the world. Doesn't matter if it's hats, shirts, autograph items, patches for your battle vest. Rockabilia will have you covered. And everything is officially licensed. Don't fall for the Chinese counterfeit band merch on Amazon or the targeted Facebook post promoting a bootleg product. If you support Rockabilia, you're supporting the artists. Been around since 1987 with 30 years of giving you the best memorabilia. And for special discounts, use the promo code PCJabberJaw. So for your punk, metal, and rock memorabilia, there's only one place to go, www.rockabilia.com. All right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard, both of them off the latest record from D. Snyder, For the Love of Metal. First song is Tomorrow's No Concern. Second one, Become the Storm. Guys, this record is out right now. Make sure you're picking up your copies and and really fucking checking this one out. It's an excellent, excellent record. Hats off to D. Hats off to Josta. Hats off everybody that was involved in this record. Great, great thing. Thank you so much for all the five-star reviews. We keep seeing them pop up. You guys mean the world to us for that. It's so cool, man. Uh, we love knowing that you guys are out there. And uh, until next week, guys. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.